You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, and yeah, there we go. We're now doing a podcast. Congratulations, boys. How are we, gents? Very good. Very well, thank you, JB. Oh, what a... W- Considering the Six Nations is on, what a weekend of rugby. I did wake up on Saturday morning and there was a slight emptiness. <laughs> I was feeling a little bit hollow inside just with no Six Nations. Uh, <laughs> but the, the rugby this weekend has definitely made up for that. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm on record of saying this about four times a season already. This has been a tremendous, tremendous weekend of rugby, mostly for the Premiership, but there's also a very exciting Pro 12, Pro 12 game to talk about as well. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Can we just like have that <laughs> slow motion action replay of that statement? Yeah, yeah. A really exciting Pro... <laughs> one. Only the one. So let's not get carried away. <laughs> and there was a tremendous try in the Pro 12, I think we should mention as well. Uh, yes, absolutely right. Right, metaphorical hands in. Let's pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, in studio with Phil. Hello JB. And shockingly, we have got Tim down the line, but I've not put him on the put him on the Facebook Live yet, so there you go. Tim, I think you're on Facebook Live now. Oh, they missed all that incredible bants. All that, yeah, all that top, top banter. If you're on Facebook Live and you're watching and you can hear Tim, let us know ASAMP. So, um, as always, thank you for your reviews. Thank you for following us on Twitter at the Rugby Podcast. Tim, do we have any more of those wonderful iTunes reviews? We certainly do. Can I firstly just say uh, I'm sorry I'm not there in the Rugby Dungeon. I'm in the Egg Chain Egg. Chasers TMO shipping container once again. It was my parents, uh, uh, my folks' pearl wedding anniversary. So, oh, ah. well, congratulations to, to them. So, um, I'll also just add, we are finally uh, on Instagram. So, are we? Egg are we? Chasers Egg Chasers podcast on Instagram. See, I've always, already put us on Instagram, but I've never used it because <laughs> it's a lot of effort. I find. But it's the future. Twitter's on the way down. Instagram is the one that's going to keep growing and growing. Well, you heard it here first. Hear me now, believe me later. (laughs) Uh, But yes, we do have some reviews. Thank you for leaving them on iTunes. Take a moment like Hugh Buggers done, who says, 
do you love sail sharks? Yes. Are you under the misapprehension that they're the greatest team with ball in hand? <laughs> they are. <laughs> are they the greatest team on the planet? If so, then this is the podcast for you. A simply sensational sail podcast. Sail is mentioned at least every five minutes, even though two of the hosts would like to discuss other issues. And then says, banter aside, a cracking pod by a group of mates who say exactly what all the other podcasts and media outlets can't or won't. Hear, hear. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Very good review. And a Slongcock, um, <laughs> good name. Nice, nice. <laughs> says, um, this is the rugby podcast and the best game finishes Eddie Jones hasn't yet utilised. Uh, a unique mix of one professional broadcaster, one statistician. And then you're going to have to explain this. I don't quite know what he means by this. Slongcock says, and one colour commentator. Does that mean like a Brian Moore or an Austin Healy, someone will shoot from the hip? No, it doesn't actually. So a colour commentator is a US phrase. So when you have a commentating duo, you generally tend to have the play-by-play guy who is, you know, the the uh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. And he's describing to you on the field because he's the professional. But I don't see myself as someone who knows what's going on, really. So, <laughs> yeah. No, no, you see yourself. you he means you one colour, as in he only represents uh, the, the blue and white of sail sharks. And Bath occasionally and sometimes Exeter. <laughs> I was going to say, you definitely yourself think that you know what's going on. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, but it's, but, you know, let's be realistic. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep grounded on the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll take anyway, it. take it all day long. Thank you, Slongcock. Yeah. Leave good. a review on iTunes. Good reviews. Oh, we didn't mention uh, the, some of the people that make this podcast possible as well. So uh, if you haven't already got the best razor on the market, get Cornerstone, better than Gillette, better than Wilkinson Sword, and you get an absolute steal because you listen to us. If you don't believe how good it is, just try it for £4. Uh, you get your first order for just £4 because you get a £10 discount because you listen to us. Uh, and you also, with that, get a free aluminium shaft which you can get engraved with your initials just go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout of course of right, course let's talk rugby yeah let's do it why don't we start with what i think was a very impressive game well, hold on we just about just before we came live we said uh, we talked about what we're going to talk about we said the first thing we'll talk about you absolutely is, um, right is just highlighting that with the Six Nations being kind of next weekend, we're going to do a midweek international podcast on mm-hmm. this occasion with a, a, a preview of the Six Nations games coming up and a bit more of an in-depth look at the Lions and how the runners and riders are shaping up there. But today, to start the podcast, we're going to briefly discuss something which Warren Gatland talked about where he said only a day or two ago that he's going to leave the decision on skipper of the Lions mm. as late as possible. Mm. Now, so who do we think he's considering and who would we pick? Well, the the four obvious ones would be the home nation's captain. Yes. That is the kind of immediate go-to. But that makes it a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's no one I really like. Well, the most obvious of those four, to me, appears to be... Alan Wynne Jones. Yes, agreed. But I'm not sure. So he's for a long time he wasn't Welsh captain. Nope. And but although he has done the job before, but only, he's never he's never been permanent captain. No, he's has not. He? He's only no. ever done as, as a stand-in. So th- that raises questions because Gatland obviously had a huge period of time where he could have made him captain and didn't for whatever reason. 
So there are a few question marks over that. Yeah, I said this last week. Gatlin thinks or has said in the past that he believes he's too passionate to be captain, which is bizarre. Um, well, so, it's always the, uh, what is it, uh, ice in the head, fire in the belly kind of thing. Exactly. And you can be too passionate when you need a cool-headed person to make logical, rational decisions. Rory Best has been mentioned. I don't like him, but actually the more the more I think about it, the more he seems to be kind of gaining in those rankings. So I just don't see him starting. But if he doesn't start, who does start? Jamie George I quite like. I, I, I'd like to take George and Cronin. <laughs> I know you like Cronin. I'm Fraser Brown. I'm Fraser Brown, yeah. <laughs> those guys, to me, are really, really good up-and-coming players and getting better every week. I think by the end of the season, they'll be going really, really strong. Um, Laidlaw, I think we can comfortably discount at this point, can we? Same as Hartley. Yeah, and I don't see anyone other than Eddie Jones picking Hartley. Uh, so, yeah. I think the th- I think the three main names, personally, are, if I was going to um, th- uh, maybe try and second-guess what Warren Gatland is thinking, I would say it's Alan Wynne-Jones... Yeah, who's probably it's his to lose. Rory Best, mm, not sure as well. And then Owen Farrell, Sam Warburton. Yes. Now hmm. War- Warburton is interesting because obviously Cap- um, Gatlin likes him as a captain. Will he start? Um, if he plays, I thought he had a brilliant game against England. Mm. I thought he was superb. Um, if he keeps that form up between now and the Lions, he's got every chance of starting. Got every chance, but. I kind of th- I'm not sure if this conundrum we find ourselves in is because there are so many good players competing or because there are no standouts. Well, I, I think it's there's there's so many good players but there seems to be very few leaders. Mm, yeah. There, well, there's lots of players who are brilliant. Brilliant players across the like you could name dozens of wonderful players like Hogg, like Liam Williams, like uh, Itoji, um, like Rob Shaw or Haskell or Billy Vanapola, like George Ford. Um, but none of those I, or I would particularly see as a captain material. No. Now, I know you like Owen Farrell, Tim. He'd be my call, without a doubt. I think Alan, Alan Wynne-Jones is the obvious choice with the pedigree, the experience. The last time we saw him in a Lions jersey, he was lifting the trophy with Sam Warburton. Uh, but I don't think he he commands with absolute certainty his position in the side. Although I think he probably will end up playing yeah. and being one of the one of the front two. But he doesn't command that. But Owen Farrell cannot be left out of this side. No, and the I, steely determination he has, I think he's got the mentality of, of a winner and a captain. So answer me this: There's three issues with Owen Farrell. A, how much captaincy experience experience has he got at club level? And international level. Two. Well, let's, let's on that. Okay. International, I think, zero. I, th- I think zero. Club, I have seen him captain games. I think, yeah. But I'd, he's certainly not been club captain. Or, right. Yeah. But that that doesn't discount him. No. Um, number two. Where will he play? Will he be a fly half? Will he be a centre? What, either or. It'll be other people that fit around him. It won't be him being... He, he won't be moved to accommodate someone else. It'll be... It'll be, where do I want Owen Farrell? And everyone else will fit in around him. Well, why would you take that approach with Owen Farrell for the Lions and not with England, where they do move him around to accommodate someone else? Well, I, I think it's not to accommodate someone else. It's to, because they don't have a standout inside centre. Mm, maybe. It's not to accommodate George Ford, is it? And lastly, 
is it a good idea to have your decision maker being your fly half and your captain? That's a fairly rare combination. And your kicker. And your kicker. That is a fair shout. Yeah. It's adding an extra bit of pressure to him. Mm. So I, I think I'm going to keep my powder dry on this one. I don't have a standout candidate for Lions captain just yet. Does CJ Stander captain Munster? Good question. Or is it Peter Omani? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're going <laughs> to potentially get into an area we might get into later in the podcast where... Um, no, don't worry. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> well, so we're not a going South to African, a South African no. who plays for Ireland, captaining the Lions. Ah, no. oh, I'm into that. <laughs> let's 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 not get into that, Tim. Someone... Let's, let's not no. get into an area that we might potentially get into later. Someone <laughs> on the old Facebook Live has just mentioned Conor Murray. That's not a bad well, shout. I was then so that, that's why I got into CJ Stander was because I was looking up has Conor Murray ever um, captained Munster. Conor Murray is not a bad shout as well. Mm, maybe that'll yeah, be interesting. Really... Interesting. Now I'll, I'll tease something for the MWIP, which is I have done my Lions rankings. I put them on Twitter, and I think I will... only for the backs, mind. I think forwards is too difficult. Only, for... <laughs> only and too much time. And yeah, you know, I've got to do a day job <laughs> at some point. Um, and we can talk about that in the uh, midweek international podcast. Okay. What a tease. What a tease. So, so we're broadly... so, we'll that. so yeah, give us your thoughts uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, um, on the Facebook live stream. Give your comments. Who would you have as Lions captain? Pers- if, if I was uh, Warren Gatland, I wouldn't pick one. I'd pick a leadership team of which many no. of the names we've already talked about would be included in. And But just don't pick a... Or have a tour captain, but make it clear the captain will change game to game. I like tour captain. I don't like these leadership cultural groups i just don't like them i mean i understand i understand what it is and i understand why you do it but i actually think by making these artificial constructs you kind of degrade the concept in itself you need these groups to develop organically Mm. Mm. i do again well we we might get into conversations about undermining the integrity of certain uh institutions and things when it comes to talking about uh, international caps, Denny Salmono, etc. Mm. Later in the podcast, um, which we just almost skirted around a couple of minutes ago. But yeah, is that uh, in the t- U- is that in the UK IP uh, podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> later on? Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, shall we talk about the Premiership? The Avicii Premiership. Oh, I'm not queued up music. Well, I'm not going to now. It's too late. Um, <laughs> I think we go chronological on this. Uh, let's talk about Saracens Gloucester because I thought that was a tremendous game. It was a great game. Uh, do you know what I think most of all about this? Well, there's two things. I think, firstly, it shows how much those second rows bring to Saracens. Saracens had, I yep. think, over 300 international caps playing. They had ten, at least 10 internationals playing, tier one in internationals. And yet they lost to Gloucester, who have not done anything great this season. But Gloucester out Saracens, Saracens with their intensity. Uh, their intensity and interesting their kicking game yeah I, I thought um, I thought Burns while well, he was on the field but Hook when he came on uh, and Will Hines particularly from nine kicked brilliantly and that, that's something that obviously Saracens traditionally do very very well uh, just on Will, Will Hines he did have a good game he did kick well but I felt sometimes he got into kicking battles with um, Wigglesworth and did come off he did second best quite, there were, there were, well, that, a, that's what, there um, were a few 
it was before Christmas, and it was actually that that really strong Gloucester performance against Saracens at Allianz Park, where they they really cemented this new Saracens esque style, which we've seen ever since. I mean, you know, Gloucester are a team we've always thought about as um, really attacking rugby, incredible back three that score hatfuls of tries. They don't play like that anymore. They play like Saracens, efficient territorial game uh happy to hand possession over and defend hard kick and kick possession away and that's what they did really well and then took their chances when they were there yeah um uh, just a couple of things on saracens i mean how annoying is it to watch? well there's two players on saracens which really annoy me mike ellery uh, i'm sure he's a lovely guy i'm not entirely sure he is a pro- he is a professional rugby player <laughs> uh, and the other guy and i'm sure he's changed his game dramatically is sean maitland now <laughs> He is the most frustrating rugby player to watch. and I think he's forgotten he is an, uh, he is an elite-level athlete. Uh, he doesn't back himself. It, it looks like he should just put his foot down and run because he is one of the most athletic players in the entire league. And yet he just doesn't do it. He seems to cut back inside. He seems to run at half space, look for support. He's doing absolutely everything that he wasn't doing last year at London Irish. Yes. Yeah, it, it is. Still, again, we mentioned it last week, but... There are a couple of times where he broke the line and you want him to go. You want him to pin his ears back and yeah. go for the corner or take on the fullback. And he's automatically looking for the offload or looking for the, the support. Because not only so, is yeah, he, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Not only is he fast, he's really strong. He's a big lad too. Yeah. You know, nothing should be stopping him really. And yet he just it kind of looks like he's running in treacle half the time. Question. Go. Shoot. Hit me Tell with me it. what you think about me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> Do, do, <laughs> do you think we this game uh, teaches us anything about the two sides? Yes. What? No. Okay, so firstly, um, Saracens really need their locks. If they don't have their locks, they miss all sorts of, in, all sorts of intensity. And I think um, Hamilton and Rhodes really, really in, um, worked hard. The endeavour was there, but I just don't think the they can generate the sort of intensity that they have without Itoji and without Cruz. Thought that was absolutely critical, and I also think and Vanapola, yeah, Billy, yes, of, of the course, Billy, Billy, yeah. I mean, Billy is and Jamie George, yeah. Well, although Brits is pretty, Brits handy. is pretty good. I mean, they rotate those two guys anyway, and yeah. you know they, they were lacking intensity from from, from the go. Uh, it also tells me Marco Vanapola is one hell of a player. Yes. He he is excellent, mm. and he he was brilliant to come back from six weeks off within the injury mm. and ha- have that level of intensity. Is, that was excellent because like they do miss those two locks I've mentioned three times now. But also with Skelton going, they just seem a little bit thin on the ground there. And I'm yeah. not sure Michael Rhodes is a lock whatsoever. Well, he, he is a barrow. He's only covering it because they are so short. Yeah, because yeah. No, I, so so what you're saying, so the stuff you'll learn is just on the injury cover, really, is is the the, the lack of depth in certain well, posi- no, in because, su- some positions. I mean, they've lock got specifically. Ton, they've got a ton of depth. I mean, in lock, at lock, not a lock, but across the no, no. So yeah, yeah. That, that that is your point. Yeah. They don't have depth across the entire team. Um, I think most most teams, most fan bases would kill to be able to put out that quality of team week in week out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Minus Ellery, probably. I think one of the things you learn is that uh, Gloucester play well when they decide they want to. They were woeful <laughs> against Leicester last week. Awful. Do you know, what, I don't think, Tim, can I tell you something I don't, really I don't, interesting? I don't, I don't, sorry, go on. Can I tell you something really interesting, though? 
We built it up now. Yeah. It better be interesting. <laughs> it is. I think it's interesting. Tim, say no. So, <laughs> I only found this out after the podcast last week. But Lester's first try was actually a design sequence of four moves, which they ran to perfection for that first try. So that was the one with the Jack Roberts. That's right. Off the, was it line out? Yeah, line out. Jack off, Roberts. Yeah, go on. Um, um, off the top, and they targeted basically two things to do with Gloss's defence. Would you like to know what, what they were? <laughs> uh, no. Brilliant. They targeted the fact. Uh, this is unbelievable. They identified that they had a back row in the in the defensive line, which they saw as a weakness. So they basically block, block, blocked off him. But the next bit is fascinating, which is they also targeted the fact that Gloucester worked really hard in D. So they, they, they went one side of the ruck, then the other, and then they moved had an, another move coming round with the eight and the nine, knowing that Gloucester are so keen to overchase, and then they brought Jack Roberts back inside. And those were four pre-planned moves which resulted in a try, which I find astonishing in terms of game game plan. Hmm. No one else find that interesting? Um, Training ground moves work. Training ground moves targeting a defence because they work hard. That that is quite I interesting. Mean, like, actually, if they had a la- if Gloucester were lazy, had a lazy defender who didn't want to chase, they would have stopped that try. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah that that is quite interesting actually. <laughs> so Count- uh, counterintuitive. Yeah, and apparently Leicester had three um, uh, three of those moves, and they all were very successful. Any standout performers from this game for anyone apart from Mako, who's already been mentioned? Um, oh, uh, yeah, Tim uh, Marshall. Tom Mar- yeah, Marshall. Tom, is it Tim or Tom? Tom. Tom, Tom Marshall. Who is this boy? Tom Marshall. Uh, he's a New Zealander, isn't he? He was a fr- came from the Crusaders, I think. Did he have a... L- it wasn't the guy, was it, who was at Toulon for a little while? No, I don't... Don't know why I thought that. think so. No. No. And he's just shown up and ran the show. Well, he's been there. He was there last season, but he's been injured on and off. Uh, I think he's had knee and foot injuries for the last couple of years, so he's only played a handful of games. Yeah, he was um, he was an absolute revelation, actually. Yeah, Crusaders and Chiefs, he was. Um, right. So to, to to wrap that up, I would say Saracens aren't their normal selves. Um, they yeah. didn't look as strong in defence. They are without some pretty top line talent. The number of caps and experience they had on the pitch, you would you would still expect them to be. Competitive and possibly more win. so than they were, but, but maybe that maybe this was just uh, you know Gloucester on a hot day, and they'll go back to being the other <laughs> Gloucester that we sometimes see next week. No, Gloucester's year, 2017, the year of the Gloucester. Yeah, I can't wait for that. They're going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. One or two. I how, tell you, how much do you read into? Because there was a, there was a there was a few uh, results this weekend that you know uh, you raised your eyebrows at. How much? How much generally do we? Because we talk about the the poor quality of the Pro 12 uh, as a spectacle when there's so many internationals away. Well, when the internationals away, how much do we read into Saracen's performance and Wasp's performance and um, various other performances by teams that have a lot of players missing? Um, well, they do have a lot of players missing, but they're incredibly deep squads. And also, they don't have that many players missing compared to their Pro 12, um, their Pro 12 rivals. Uh, I don't really put much stock into it, really. Uh, I, so, I got into this battle on Twitter. Should Pro 12 play during Six Nations? Categorically not. Oh, no. I'm with you. I yeah, yeah, the yeah. same I'm, thing on previous I podcasts. Mean, if I you think that, I... you are categorically a moron. Okay? <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, no, 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 don't say that. No, you yeah. are. Okay. No, no, you absolutely are. Okay, because the Pro 12 has six teams effectively. Okay, six very good, world class or um, um, organizations. No, I'll I'll limit that to say four, right? Of which most of those players are taken from. So it's yeah, not we like... know we know this. Oh, okay. Well, we, carry we, on we, then. No, we've no, talked, no, carry we've on. talked about. No, we've talked about this. We've talked about this before, exactly. And we all we all kind of came to the conclusion that the Pro 12 is is a shell of a competition yeah. during this Six Nations Ab- period, and we absolutely we so, no so let's look at look at the Premiership. Yes, they do lose players, but not even to the same level as the Pro 12, and the squads tend to be on on average a lot deeper. And then you've got teams like Sale today who hardly lose anyone. And Newcastle, who hardly lose anyone, and then Worcester. So, yeah, why not? Why okay, not? cool. Done. I think uh, a, a question for me from the weekend's Avicii Premiership uh, is, and we just sort of touched on Leicester there, are Leicester back? Have they turned a corner, or are they just taking advantage of, of this period, or maybe playing against a couple of teams who played really poorly in Gloucester and Bristol? I, I think... <sighs> I think slightly more of the latter, that they have had two easier games and uh, some more difficult fixtures will test them more. But there are a lot of positives from the the Leicester performances. They've looked a lot more cohesive going forward. And uh, a player who impressed me this this weekend just gone, who hasn't particularly impressed me most of the season, Luke Hamilton, uh, at number eight. They've missed, we've said it before, they've missed that that ball-carrying it could come from anywhere, but they've missed that gain line breaker, so, and I thought he's, he's done that role effectively. Is there a more baby-faced looking player in the Avicii <laughs> Premiership than ba- Luke Hamilton? Baby-faced back about row. 15? Yes, yeah. Still got a bit of puppy fat. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's interesting because Luke Hamilton wasn't getting in the team uh, earlier on in the season. I yep. think he was a bit soft for the Cockrell re- 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 regime. And I actually think... Do you mean puppy fat soft or mentality soft? A bit of both, actually. <laughs> and... If you look at, look, let's take Gloucester next year. Gloucester are going to be an enormous back row. Morgan, Ferns and uh, Moriarty. So they're Still all, a very average second row, mind you. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, but what, 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 whatever they're doing, you can see that there's a kind of general trend uh, in the size of the players. Well, if you look at Leicester, maybe they have been building for this because they've got light, uh, uh, lightweight mobile players, O'Connor, uh, McCaffrey, yep. Hamilton... And I think they might have turned the corner because if I'm watching them against Bristol, who were poor, admittedly, and against Gloucester, who weren't really at the races, but then next week turned it round, their ruck is a lot quicker. Everything that they do seems a lot quicker. And I think this pack might have been built for this sort of game where they might have been playing the old type of... Uh, type the of the co- standout like player stuff. for Leicester, one of the standout players for Leicester, without any question, who I think has made, they've missed possibly above all others. And Eddie Jones loves him, Mike Williams. No a proper bruiser. No, I, I I don't agree with that. Um, I think Mike Williams is good, but I actually think it's the change of the the change of style rather than Mike Williams coming back. I'm I'm not that convinced that Mike Williams is that important to this team. He was he was absolutely huge against Bristol. He was a, an absolute beast around the park, yeah. winning ball, smashing people. Yeah, I, it was. Um, I, I, he was, I he was doing the kind of job. He was doing the kind of job which I think is. I, I sort of saw him doing the kind of job that Eddie Jones, I think, sees him doing potentially for England. Yeah, he just basically wants a bit of an enforcer. But I, I don't think Mike Williams is quite in the uh, upper category for that. And I don't think I, 
problem with Mike Williams is he's very good at a lot of things without being excellent at any single thing. Yeah, I'm I'm still not convinced. I he had he did have a good game and he carried hard and put in some big hits against Bristol. Mm. But I'm still not convinced that he is international caliber. Yeah, I, there are but, question marks. But, but what, what Leicester have lacked in the games that I've seen them I mean, when they came up against Glasgow and Racing, uh, Munster is they lacked any kind of they lacked that physicality. Of anyone think? fronting up to them and Mike Williams did that more so yes. than any other Leicester player. Yesterday. I think you've, okay, so I think you've nailed it in in that respect. I think Mike Williams is the physicality that they were missing against Glasgow, against Munster. I completely agree with that. But what I'm saying is I don't think that they're going to be playing like that in the future. I don't think they're relying on that physicality. And if you look at the back five of Leicester, they're very athletic. I think they're built to play the the major way rather than the Cockrell way. So that's why I think they have they may have turned the corner. But, but it's two different things, isn't it? You need if to allow you to have that. Um, it's, the, it's the old... the. the the mm. forwards carry the piano and the backs play it. Mm-hmm. It's that old analogy. So you, without having that physical edge up front, you don't get the opportunity yeah. for your Vianus, who was brilliant, to uh, dance around and beat numerous defenders on his uh, way to the try line. Mm. And isn't it interesting when the temperature gets back to double digits, J.P. <laughs> Peterson suddenly reappears. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yep. He's, ma- he's managed to miss all of the winter months. Uh, it's a skill I uh, had myself as well, Tim, when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking, boys. Ooh. But that, are they? Oh, are you uh, just fixing something, remedying something, JB? He, he's off somewhere. Anyway, um, so so I I, 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 I would caveat less saying Leicester are back because yes. I think they've played against two very poor sides. Well, I suppose the the flip side to that coin is how have Bristol just fallen off a cliff? Yes, and they really have, haven't they? Yes. It What's looks, happened? It well, looks like it. Um, it's a good question, actually, because it, it, it was interesting to see the LV Cup, Sale used it to not to rest their players, to play all of their best players and get some form. And it seems to be working a little bit. Whereas Bristol did the opposite. They let all of their best players have a, a couple of weeks of rest, um, recover for, from some niggles, and it has had exactly the opposite effect. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I don't know what's gone wrong with Bristol, really. Mind you, they are well, still I'm playing wondering... some attractive rugby. I mean, they do make the <sighs> oh, the, the, the break the, here or there. Well, Leicester had 80% know. possession. Yeah. Like... 80%. Yeah. It was, yeah. Now, men, it was men against boys. You're right there. That is the sign of an absolute beatdown, because usually possession statistics don't co- don't correlate particularly well with winning. Well, it, When it... you hammer someone and you have all the possession... That's when you know you really have done a number on someone. So the correlation for possession, possession and territory, don't. you're right, they don't correlate very well at all with uh, the result. However, when you combine possession with uh, metres made, defenders beaten and turnovers won, mm. when you get all of those things, then it correlates very, very well with, with winning. Uh, and in this game, obviously, Leicester had all of those things and more. Yeah. It was, uh, in their favour, it was it was, brutal. it was a brutal, brutal beatdown. Uh, Bristol. One thing I can think of, and I don't know whether it has happened. Well, a few things spring to mind. One is, do you remember when London Welsh were going really well? 
and then um, no, I don't actually. Uh, St- St- Steve Diamond sort of reveled in the uh, the problems that London Welsh. It was very vocal about them. Oh, is this, and then, this London Welsh Mark One? Their, their first yeah, London Welsh Mark One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London yeah. Welsh Mark One, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like there was that controversy. There was all sorts of attention for, of the wrong kind, and they fell off a cliff. And then Steve Diamond was very, very vocal about Ascot and all of that. And I, I, I just I wonder whether that could have rocked the apple cart slightly. I also look at it and think Dwayne Peel has been announced; he's off to Ulster. Mark Tainton isn't going to be the head coach next year. Yeah, uh, loads of players. Loads of players are going. I'm here. There's lots of rumours about players that are currently in the squad and unhappy and going to be sent out despite being regular first choice players. Um, yeah, uh, and then there's a whole load of going in. So maybe it's just there's not there's so much instability with. With all of that, that it's um, there's just not that cohesion that there was when when they were all in it together at the start of the season. I tell you what, would be interesting to know as well. Who is deciding which players leave and which players stay? Are they getting memos from Connacht or? Well, Pat Lamb has brought in uh, Luatua. Luatua, yeah, Stephen Luatua. And rumours this week about TJ Perinara and Ryan Crotty. Those two going to Bristol. Well, that, that was that. That's been that's been touted. Wow. I think there's quite a few teams in for both of them. I don't like it. Yeah, they are two They're, high quality operators. I just, I don't see it being a sensible strategy, because yes, are they great players? Absolutely, they are. But I think, as you're seeing with a lot of Premiership teams now, the secret to success in the Premiership is not to buy it. It's actually to you can't. No, you can't. Got to, you've got to raise talent yourself. Yeah. you've got to build. So if, if they do that, they might be getting the wrong. Um, they, they might be instilling the wrong culture. They might be getting culture, you know, culture, which <laughs> I love. Um, I think they. I, I actually think what they should have done is they should have extended players such as Mitch Eady, Mitch Eady. such as Jamal Ford Robinson, and built around that nucleus and supplemented rather than trying to get megastars. But what do I know? Yeah. It's been what they've trying to do. They've been trying to do uh, the last few years. They've been paying. Apparently, from what we're led to believe, they've been paying far over the odds for players to extend themselves to get as good as they could in the championship. I mean, there was um, was there not to talk of Adam Jones going to them at one point? There's yeah, there was. big names that, that well, they were. Yeah, Ian, yeah, it's like Ian Goff went on big money. And, Ian Goff went uh, on big Anthony, money. Did he? Ryan Pe- Jones went on not big Ian money. Goff. Ian, Evans, Ian Evans. Ian Evans. Yeah. Ian Evans. Not Ian Goff. <laughs> um, yeah, Perry. I mean, they got what's his name, who's now the defence coach. Uh, Former Welsh captain Jonathan Thomas. What's his name? Jonathan, Jonathan Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. So they spent. So I think it's just now they've got premiership. Now they're in the Premiership. They can try and do the same thing, but with higher profile players. But they're yeah. probably not going to be playing in the Premiership. I don't know. It yeah. looks unlikely, doesn't it? It does at the moment, particularly with so Sale obviously got got the win. Worcester won last weekend, picked up a bonus point this weekend, uh, before try bonus point this weekend. So it does. Things are moving away from Bristol. It's looking ominous. Yes. Definitely. Mm. Um, the other Saturday games, so Worcester Exeter, yeah, um, very high scoring, some, some very impressive performances from Exeter Chiefs. Uh, okay, Steenson. Steenson, Steenson just seems to get better and better and better. <laughs> and you think, oh, what was he now? Thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, that kind of age. He must be. He must be slowing down by now, shouldn't he? Uh, a little bit, probably. Well, that's <laughs> far from it. Four from I it. He's throwing star, dummies. Star the, show at, the star of the show at ten for Exeter in that second half when Steenson went off injured. They were they were down when Henry Slade moved to ten. I don't know. Well, yes, they. I don't, I'm saying I don't know. I do know. You are right. Um, 
yeah, I, I thought Steenson was magnificent. And the other guy I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Slade did well. Uh, who is Sam Simmons? Who is this monster? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, Academy number eight. Did they find through. him down a Cornish tin mine or something? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how big is he? We'll be talking six, six, three, something like six. No, four? he's actually not that big. Is he not? Because um, so I saw him stood next last week. He got man of the match, and he was stood next to Bayfield. Like Bayfield makes everyone look small. He but, does. But Bayfield was stood next to Billy Van Paul on Friday night, and he's he a good make, yardstick for big men, though, isn't he? He is a very good yardstick because you know a big. So Billy Van didn't look too small stood next to Bayfield. Yes, big Billy Van therefore is a big man. Exactly right. <laughs> Sam Simmons looked like a kid stood next to him. So he's listed. I'm on Exeter Chiefs' website. Do you want to guess his height and weight listed? Uh, yeah, okay. So as you said, he's a bit smaller than I would expect. I'm going to say he is 110 kilograms and 6'2". Uh, any re-raise on that, Tim? No, I, no, no. Uh, that... I, would go, I would go... How many kgs did you say, JB? 110. 110. 6'3 and 104 kgs. So... Th- those weights, 104 would probably, certainly for an international number eight, would be a bit lightweight. Yeah, massively lightweight. Yeah. That's like winger size. Um, he, winger he's size. listed, and bearing in mind, he, oh, he's, he's 23 now, um, but he's listed as six foot on the nose. What? And, nine, what? and 93 kg. This is Exeter's. What? No a, way. Exeter, so I am assuming this is a right. couple, couple of years old and he's put on a bit of timber, but he's he is not, he's um, he's he's fast. And he's strong, but he's not a big bloke. Wow. Right. Well, I don't believe you. So if you have any fans in Exeter, if you have any listeners in Exeter, can you can you weigh yes. Sam Simmons, please? So I, I am, yeah, I am I saying he's say... heavier than that 93, for the record, but he will next... not he will not be 110. Steve Parrott's listening, someone like that. Just just measure yeah. him for us. Next uh, next Exeter game, take a set of scales and a metre rule with you. We yes. Want, we want some proper scale. Yes, yeah. please. Yes, please. Wow, I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. I thought he's like a debut. As re- no, no. And you, like you look at the break that he made, um, which I think led up to his try, where he broke out of his own twenty-two. It, it was like um, it could have been Campagnaro. It was that kind of break. Yeah. It was power through the tackle and the acceleration to get away, rather than the Nathan Hughes, Billy Vanapola type. Uh, now, would you like to know something which you already know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay then. <laughs> Who God's amazing? <laughs> Who God is simply amazing, and uh, yeah, you know, it's quite clear that they've missed him all season. They have missed him. Um, I, I so I, felt, I watched this game, or I watched the, the extended highlights of this game, with the kind of thinking that Who God and Gary Gold coming in. This is a very Super Rugby like Worcester Warriors performance, mm. as in. They, they scored four tries, got the four-try bonus point, and they played some beautiful attacking rugby. At times, their defence was very, very questionable. Yes. It was that old, well, who cares about attack? Uh, who cares about defence if, if we can score four tries kind of mentality? Uh, mm. uh, when he first came over, I did think, how effective will the reserve spring half winger be at scrum half for Worcester? <laughs> the answer is very, very, very effective indeed. Yes. So uh, I, I think they will... I think they're going to pull away from Bristol. I don't think they're going to overtake Sale, but I think they will pull <laughs> away from Bristol now. Well, they'd, they'd, if they overtake Sale, they'll win the whole thing, presumably. Yes, that's a good point, actually. It's a good point. 
Shall we? Um, <laughs> shall we go for a quiz? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So we, we've um, we've there's still games to talk about and yep. general summarising to do. Which, but but let's as, as we've got a kind of natural break here. And Phil just mentioned Super Rugby. I have prepared a, a, a Super Rugby inspired quiz because Ooh. that competition starts on Thursday morning. The first game, what is it? Rebels v the Chiefs. Uh, you know more than me. Don't know, mate. Couldn't tell you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the first game is in Melbourne, and it's Thursday morning, eight thirty-five a.m. Thursday morning, eight uh, eight thirty-five a.m. This is, you know, what it's this time of year when um, I quite enjoy the fact I do. A, a, I work in the evening. Mm, okay. Yeah, because um, I could. That'd be be- a beautiful. A cup of coffee and uh, get down, get the aero press, bit of brown. Brown toast with some uh, peanut butter on, and uh, one watch a bit of Super Rugby on a Thursday Nine, morning. Ninety points each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll get. I've got a quiz inspired by that, but um, just some comments that are coming through on Facebook Live mm. currently. Uh, one from uh, well, good a good friend of the pod, James Abraham, says it's uh, it's so nice not to see hot pants in today's <laughs> podcast. Abraham can mind his own business. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, we are Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast on Facebook and the Midweek Domestic Podcast uh, and all last week's podcast uh, f- yeah, featured JB fresh from training uh, in, or hot pants is probably the right word for it. Uh, yes. It's the way I was saying. They were very, very yeah. short shorts. Indecently short, some might say. And in fact, a lot, of, pe- right. a lot of people did say. And hmm. uh, James James Thane has left a message which uh, we will, I will leave as a little tease for <laughs> I'm sure uh, uh, an interesting debate still to come on this podcast. He says, Denny Solomona for the Lions. Denny, Denny, Denny. I said right. it so like three times because that's the amount, of, the amount of tries that he scored today. Yes. Go on then. Super rugby quiz then. Yes. Okay, so um, Phil, I'm going to let you just choose A or B. Say A or B. Uh, a, please. Right. So what I'm going to do, you're going to have the, the list uh, I've marked A. JB, you're going to have the list I've marked B. Yes, please. Uh, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through Super Rugby franchises and you're going to have to tell me the city in which they play. Ooh. Should let me get up the list of uh, cities. cities? So I've already mentioned <laughs> the Rebels. We know they're Melbourne, for example. Yep. So I would, uh, I would accept... Melbourne. I, I will not accept the the state or the region. I will just accept the city that they play in. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So don't don't some have like a dual city base because they do yeah, represent like Munster. Yeah. Wood. Any. Yeah. Example. Yeah. Great example. Anyway. Oh, right. And there, there there might have been uh, extra marks for that. Ah. Um, but anyway. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, so no. first one, Phil. First one, Phil. The Lions. Thank God. Is that uh, Johannesburg? Oh. Correct. Yes. 1-0 to Phil. The next one, staying in South Africa. No, I'm not good at these the ones. The Bulls. So is this me or JB? This is JB, the Bulls. Okay, so Blue Bulls. Uh, it's Pretoria. Is correct, JB. I'm yes. impressed. Very good. Okay. The next one, and we move to Australia for this one. Phil. The Brumbies uh, is Canberra. Correct. God damn it. Uh, JB. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes. Wellington. Is also correct. Phil. Highlanders. So is this one with two available? Um, 
Not to my knowledge. So, I would like to say... Well... <laughs> Glad you got the Highlanders. Because <laughs> um, it's one of two. I'm sure they represent a region which includes two cities. I'm going to say... Uh, go on, mate. Have a go. We might need a steward's inquiry on this. Dunedin. Is oh. what I have written down. Dunedin. Well and the, done. The, I the, never The region that. or province, I'm not sure what the right word is, but is Otago. Otago. Okay. Uh, JB, the cheaters. Uh, oh, God. Cheaters. So, cheaters. So, if JB gets this wrong, do I get a chance to steal? No. Uh, just give me a second. Oh, for God's sakes, where would the cheaters be? Um, I, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to guess. Um, Cape Town. Can I try and steal, Tim? Uh, that's incorrect, Philip. Uh, is it Bloemfontein? It is Bloemfontein. How? How? <laughs> okay, Phil, back to you. The Kings. Ooh. <laughs> Do I get to steal? Um, so they're the Southern Kings, aren't they? So I'm going to go uh, Port Elizabeth. Oh, my word. He's absolutely rinsed you, JB. Oh, I knew that one as well. But just for pride, just for pride, uh, the Reds. Oh, easy one. Hang on, Queensland's a state, isn't it? It is. God damn it. Brisbane? Correct. Thank God. <laughs> Phil won that 5-3, but I have a... 5-3? Su- Wait, which I, ones did yeah. I get wrong? 5-3. Five, 5-3. Three. Five, oh, three. you stole one? Yeah. Oh, whatever. But I just I have a supplementary <laughs> one now, which I don't think... I don't, I'm not sure anyone will get anything of. So I'm just going to ask if you can um, take it in turns, and I'll let JB go first on this one. Can you name a team who have handed over naming rights of their side for the forthcoming Super Rugby season. So, for example, it would be known as the... Um, Earth Titans. G- yeah. Earth Titans, or the, the J.B. Moore Sail Sharks. Per, per Temps Bees. Per Temps Bees, of course, yes. Um, yes. Because uh, there are there are an incredible seven yeah. sides that have done this. So, is... Could I... Do you want to go for one, Jay, or... Can I go for one? Uh, easy, easy. Um, let me have... You kind of know them or you don't, I guess, don't you? Yeah. So, gone. Is it the DHL Stormers? Uh, I don't believe that that may well have been in the past, but that's not one of the current ones. No, that that they might. I mean, they may still be sponsored by them, but they haven't got the, the naming rights. I'll tell okay. you what. Let's just. I'm just going to declare Phil the winner, and I'll just tell you these. <laughs> okay, go so, on. So, so you're now going to hear, and I find this a bit annoying, to be honest. Of I, course, I, understand, you I like do. Spons- I, I like sponsorship, but not too I, much I don't, sponsorship. Don't ruin the game. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind a, a ground being. Named, it's like uh, talking to a national trust inspector. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wants to support? I'm happy to Me. support the. Sun- I'll do it. I'm happy to right support here. the Sunwolves. But who wants to say I support the Hito Communications Sunwolves? <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I, I love that. Oh, line... I'm, I'm a proud follower of the Gallagher Chiefs. I I loved um, James Haskell. 
said in an interview once that he had to check his contract when he went over to the Rioch Black Rams to make sure he wasn't assembling photocopiers in his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like when you listen to the Worcester president talking about his new pitch, where he's saying it's the most underutilised asset because we only use it for 80 minutes every two weeks. Your players, they only train for a couple of hours a day and they play for a couple of hours on a Saturday. Why not utilise them? Exactly right. Exactly. Screwdriver. It's, it's good for their development. <laughs> yeah. The uh, oh, I'm I, I, I'm I'm proud to say, man and boy, I follow the Pulse Energy Highlanders. <laughs> Is that the, what they are? The Pulse, yeah. <laughs> the plus five hundred Brumbies. Plus, wow. Okay. Uh, the that... Toyota Cheetahs. Love it. That, I like the Vodac- the the Vodacom Bulls, and the Emirates Lions. Mm. I think, I think. If I was going to get name rights, I'd only take it from people that are renowned for things like 4x4s, weapons. Yeah. uh, Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think building supplies are are okay. Yeah. What's not okay is cosmetics, (laughs) fashion labels. Well, no, you say fashion labels, but... So I love that Northampton have, have churches. churches. That's a good point. That's a good point well made. But it has to be the right kind of fashion but label. Do you that, know I, that makes sense for Northampton, doesn't it? Because it, it's, it's a, a, a city, city built on shoemakers. And... It, but I tell you what is unacceptable, for instance, is Nivea and Liverpool. I mean, that isn't, a, that isn't acceptable. Uh, Dove in England. No, oh, Dove, like Dove sponsors the Six it, Nations. That's a it? weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Because Dove do Wales as well, don't they? Yeah, they, well, I think it's Six Nations maybe. What what I always think is a bit frustrating about the the Dove men care sponsorship of the England rugby team is that they use Ben Youngs and not Danny Care for, <laughs> oh, for the uh, yeah it's so such an obvious thing to think of isn't it yes skin care yeah love it um, just going back one step DHL on uh, sorry the Stormers on their own website they call themselves the DHL Stormers. Okay, well, there you go. You just extended your already uh, un- unassailable lead, Phil. <laughs> yes. What, does, and... Sorry, does Phil get to answer his own questions now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, while, while we're just breaking from the Avicii Premiership, um, we have put, poured scorn on the Pro 12 during this Six Nations window, not overall. And I think for any relatively new What's listeners that? to the to the podcast, I think that there, there may be a slight misunderstanding. We I'm not sure there is. Think, <laughs> no, well, no, no. We're, pretty we're sure clear. we're quite clear on this. 
there are some outstanding, potentially Europe best side in Europe. Yeah, there are. Will Massively. come from the Pro 12. But the league's some outstanding rubbish. sides. League's rubbish. There are, teams are great. There are some really, really poor sides. Bristol are looking kind of Newport Gwent Dragons esque at the minute. Don't be ridiculous. Be Don't be ridiculous. Zebra esque. No, not even close. <laughs> Maybe Edinburgh standard, but not <laughs> not as bad as the other guys that you mentioned. But we've definitely poured scorn on the competition through this Six Nations window, and we do have a solution. Cast the Italian sides adrift, let them play either in a French lower division or start a European-wide league with a side from Georgia, a side from Romania, No, no one said that. That, That's a ridiculous idea, because you couldn't get them there. The transport links don't don't, don't exist. What, flying from Italy to Romania? No, it's it's very, very hard to get direct flights to Georgia. It'd be very difficult. Uh, I think I think, don't think it's an insurmountable issue. It, it is it, insurmountable. It is it, yeah. You'd have to basically charter planes and all sorts. It's very 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 difficult. Um. So so anyway, but there was some <laughs> Pro Twelve rugby going on this weekend. So whilst we don't like the fact that the teams featured hardly any household names um, and were largely second strings, more so in the case of some teams than others. However, Ruin Pinar, oh my word, that try for Ulster. Talk, talk us through it, Phil. A thing of beauty. Your well, proud, proud Ulsterman. Well, it started with um, a Glasgow break from the from the halfway line into Ulster's twenty-two, and then the ball was stripped and went through. I want to say about ten different pairs of hands, uh, and next thing you know, um, Pinar is at the other end of the the, the pitch. In his his second or third involvement in the play. Round in the New Zealand uh, second row that they've got um, to dot it down. It was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Wonderful try. It was. It was. It was a relatively strong Ulster lineup. Not completely full strength, but relatively strong. Certainly compared to the number of players that Glasgow are losing. Um, and so it, it was a good win. Very good win for Ulster. Yeah. So. I mean, the only game I think is worth talking about... I mean, sorry, just, just to back you up, that try was exceptional. It was pretty special. Um, for me, the game of the week by a country mile, maybe in both leagues, was Osprey's Munster. Yep. It was superb. Um, both teams shorn of some internationals, but the ones that were released, such as Sam Davis, did, did play... Munster won I this. I uh, feel I feel like they both probably lose a roughly equal number of internationals as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right there. Um uh, just everything Munster do is so clinical. I mean, I, I think their line out is absolutely outstanding. Um their pack I think might be the most well drilled in in the Pro twelve. Uh, and they just don't give up. They've got a culture of winning. Uh you think that you've got them down. I think they were down by uh two scores going go, uh, on on the edge of half time, last play before the half, they they claw, claw claw it back to about two points, I think. Just a monumental performance, great game, and the try that won it, the Kilcoyne try mm. with two minutes to go, uh, and Blayendal obviously slotting the conversion to win it. Yeah, the rest of it though, um, as in the league, got Scarlets forty two zebra seven. Well, Edinburgh, uh, Leinster, you, 39, if you, if you, 10. If you're just going to do this in 57, such, 20. such a depressed voice, I'd, I'd rather you didn't actually do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the rest of it is, uh, was pretty rubbish. But, uh, yeah, Osprey's Monster was well worth watching. Shall we finish off the rest of the Premiership now, boys? Yes. Yeah, back to the Avicii. 
Yeah, so um, one one more game to discuss: Newcastle Northampton, obviously. Obviously, well, um, yeah, some, lots of tweets have come in uh, to at Rugby Podcast, and um, I, I think possibly one thing we've been guilty of, as has been pointed out by some Falcons fans, is not really giving Newcastle the prominence on the podcast and the time on the podcast that they probably deserve. I if you look at this season as a whole, I disagree with that. I think we've given them quite a lot of time, actually. Yeah, we we have spoken. Possibly not as much as some other clubs, but we've given I mean, them a lot, of, still, a lot of plaudits. They are still not in the top six, but they're playing some very attractive rugby. There's no toys about that. James well, Hogarth uh, tweeted us to say, um, uh, with the fixtures going as they are and other teams stuttering, are Newcastle favourites for that sixth spot? Interesting question. No. It's, it's very, very competitive. Could they do it? Absolutely. Are they favourites? No. But I think it's well within their reach. Uh, it's definitely possible. I mean, that back... They've got Sonotti they've got back. Their side's yes. better than it has been. It's incredible, isn't it? You um, know, I think Watson's out, isn't he? But Watson will be back soon. They've got Hammersley. I mean, they've got a really good squad now. Yeah. Ham- ha- although Hammersley is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, true. But having... Lamos to be added to that back line next season. That's an incredible signing, isn't it? Yeah, and Ta- yeah. Takalua, who obviously scored a hat-trick today, is fairly handy as well. Yeah, his fantasy points must be through the roof. Yes. Hat-trick, <laughs> and he's been kicking. Yes. So, just just, just on that, they are they are in seventh at the moment. They are one place behind Harlequins. Um, so, it's, it is not inconceivable. Do you, know, uh, do you know what, though? If the team ahead of you are Harlequins, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Because... Who's eighth then? Gloucester. Uh, Northampton are eighth, one point behind Newcastle, and Gloucester are one point behind them, and then there is a bit of a gap to Sale, who are five points further back. But they will catch someone. <laughs> so, and... no- Northampton-Newcastle, I've only seen the tries, uh, the highlights of it that while we were in the clubhouse, and that yeah. was that I've only seen probably about four or five of the tries, but it looks like a very, very good uh, performance, and even from those brief clips... Sonotti, uh, Sonotti looked fairly handy. Yeah, I mean they are a team that can use space well, and because they've got so many threatening runners, whether it be Sacchino or Sonotti, Sonotti or, or Gonover. Watson or Gonover or Alex Tate missing? comes into the line well. Yeah, and Hodgson is a, a fairly handy runner. It wor- um, it it worries defenses, and they score so much as well. And oh, don't forget Takalua. Apparently, he's not too bad. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe they'll make top six. Um, from the but other... there again, sorry, just to interrupt you. If you get a seventh, there's a chance you get into the playoff this year, or do you get into playoff this year? I'm still confused. I don't know. Is the honest answer? There you go. Well, one person from Newcastle that I think, much as you know, we saw a, a beat down for Leicester, and we talked about the importance for the balance and enabling guys like Vianu Peterson to wreak havoc, uh, is someone like Mike Williams. Mark Wilson. Yes. Yeah. What a what a player. I, I'm I'm looking at him and thinking, what does he have to do to get on Eddie Jones's radar? No, he's got to do what everyone else does, mate. Play for Leicester, to Leicester big... Bath or Saracens. Yeah. Oh, that's a cynical thing to say. Do, <laughs> do we really believe that? Yes. Um, really? Yes. Well, unless his name's Ben Tail. So yeah, let's let's look at it from the other way. Ask Steve from, Diamond. From, see what he thinks. From the bottom four teams. Well, well, they're not the bottom four teams, but from... Yeah, here's the question. Not just saying Sale don't have any players. This is the question. Go on, Phil. So, how many players from Worcester, Bristol, Newcastle, Sale, 
are in the England squad at the moment, and it is just Ben Teo, I think. No, yeah. no, 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 no. The question, I thought you were going to ask a, a better question than that, Phil. The question would be, how many players from the bottom four teams deserve to be in the England squad and aren't? That That is probably the better question. You're right, Tim. Um, you tell me your opinion. Uh, Mark Wilson, uh, end of end of conversation. Mark Wilson, Mike Haley has been in and around the squads. Um, Beaumont-ish. Not on his form this no. season. His form last season, yes. His form this season, no. But the counter to that is you've got to move when you get to England standard anyway. So you wouldn't get any guys in the bottom four because they have to move to further their career. That's what certainly Steve Diamond would say. Sure, I mean, of course, what, it's what Steve Diamond says. Well, but I'm sure that's this, what Dean Richards would listen, say too. Uh, listen, uh, I mean, uh, it serves it serves his agenda. What to, agenda? To, like what a, agenda? What is his like agenda? A, where where, where did he get his agenda is, from? The Freemasons. <laughs> the agenda is um, uh, wanting to to spin the facts. Spin to, the facts. <laughs> Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? Oh, what? So, so what it means is, I'm sorry, I've, I've just, um, I might have said something slightly critical to your beloved Steve. <laughs> no, 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 no. Talking, talking in terms of Dean Richards, because Dean Richards will say so, exactly, exactly, exactly the same thing. If you want to, no, uh, you, you know can't what? be hitting no. the international up in Newcastle. The last one that they had. This is no. This, this was... is the reason I wanted. The, I, I thought that the better question is which players deserve to be, but aren't there. And then maybe if there was a load of players that you think deserve to be in the England squad and aren't getting a look in, then you might go, oh, there seems to be something going on here. But I, I no, honestly no, because don't they moved, believe... They moved before that. So when you know, Sale or Newcastle or whoever it is are looking to sign players, they will take into consideration, well, we don't get picked for England if we're at Sale and we don't get picked if... That's picked rubbish. Well, it's, it, that's exactly the conversations that happen. Well, then those players are stupid because there's no and their fact agents are stupid. to back that up. Well, no, but they're all facts, aren't, aren't they? Because no, that's what happens. No, there aren't. Well, Danny Cipriani moved to further his England career. The money was the same. And how has that worked out for him? Badly. Good. <laughs> Good. So that doesn't prove, but, no, doesn't no, no. prove either side, though. Tommy Taylor. Um, Kieran Brooks. No, 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 no. Tommy Taylor, because he got offered way more money than he could and he wanted to play in European competition. Well, dress it up however you want, but that that I mean, if you want to go forward with your England career, you generally have to move to a top top four club, and that's not that's not unreasonable. Just, no. That's just what happens. No, but how about it's players that are um, the best players want to play. This is why getting into top six and playing uh, and playing in the late stages of Europe is so important. Well, they were in the top six last year, and the year before that. And yeah, and then that. they just and then and then they just threw Europe away, That's like you know, until the last game in Toulon, they didn't really oh, so, show up. Right, okay, so it's not about the top six, but I think <laughs> you'll find most of the directors of rugby at the bottom of the. I mean Exeter, I mean how how long have Exeter been uh, been up there now, and they've still not arguably got the recognition that that they deserve. This is a conversation which is only going on what last year, the year before. When you, when you okay, record- well, I'd say the same thing again. Tell me, yeah. I, I, I just, I understand people going. I really like this player. They- I think he should be considered. There's mm. a massive leap to what you're saying, which is a hugely one-eyed point of view from f- parochial point of view from fans of individual clubs, where they're saying it's a conspiracy. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a conspiracy. They're not picking it's not players conspiracy. because they're from this club. That's ridiculous. No, 
that isn't they don't pick them because they're not from that club but if the impression exists that you have to move to Leicester or Northampton or whatever it is to get picked or Wasps that's what play that's what players well, do and these Stuart are the conversations Lancaster, Eddie Jones knowing and these are the conversations that happen between players and agents that impression and I'd say service because so I'm not entirely sure for players I... and players don't want don't want to move them even though they have the money now and maybe the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit and if Steve Diamond hadn't spent the last few years that I think he's agreeing with players me. Players don't play for England when they come to sale. Then would maybe more players would want to go. Tim, Tim, I think. Well, you're really cutting out. But I'm sure he agreed with me. Does that sound like he, he's agreeing <laughs> with me, Phil? <laughs> um, I don't agree with you, but I'm not sure. I, well, no, I, no, I, I want to speak on Tim's behalf. Don't talk about sale. Talk about Exeter because they've said the same thing for a long time. They were fairly unfashionable, and even now they're doing well. They don't get the recognition. They've got what one international. In, um, in okay, so, so who, who for Exeter deserves to be in the England side or any other, other international side yeah, that isn't? Other than Jack Nolan and Slade, who's in the squad, and Luke Carandick, who's been up and around. Yes, yeah, so, exactly. So, no, uh, but, no, but who, who. Up and around. I mean, who, Dave, who, who, Dave no, Ewers but, hasn't got a single cap yet. Thomas Wongram was top try scorer. Two years. Not, not top try scoring forward, top try scorer. You know, so you, so, you can so make you, a good argument. So you would have put him ahead of Billy Van Impola? No, but you'd have him in the well, squad at least, surely. You'd have a look at him. You'd have I'm, a look I'm at not Dave saying Ewers. no. So what you're saying I mean, is what you're saying is they're not even looking at these players because they're at Exeter. I'm saying they're cer- that is an interesting certain, perspective. Certain clubs have a a different amount of inv- right. a different amount of influence. We've spoke about this for way way too long. Well, shall we shall we get on to the final game of the weekend? Yeah. Well, no. I was just yeah. Sorry, and I, I didn't want to take away from Newcastle. My point was, uh, I reckon of of people that aren't in the England squads and maybe are putting their hand up and saying that, that they should be. I think Henry Slade had a big weekend, and he reminded people of what he can do, and probably more than anyone else. And I don't know what I don't I don't know how much more Mark how many more how much more Mark Wilson can give before he's um, considered. And Eddie Jones can Eddie Jones can obviously see something in other people that he doesn't see in Mark Wilson. I just think Mark Wilson's playing out of his skin. You'll have to move to Leicester. <laughs> um. Ugh. So last game of the I don't even know what what was the last game of the, the weekend. Uh, I think that's it. Do you want to do fixtures yeah, for next week? Done. Fixtures right. for next week, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've got uh, Friday night. Quinn's Leicester. Uh, I'm gonna go with Fre- Quinn's at Leicester. Uh, no. Quinn's hosting Leicester. Oh. Well, I'm, inter- I'm interrupting this sham with a tweet from Daniel Ross. He <laughs> <laughs> says, uh, says uh, lads, has Tim's piss started to simmer at the talk of Denny Solomona for England? <laughs> <laughs> I knew something else happened this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then. Uh, did you watch this on TV, Tim? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, the, the the AJ Bell looked all right. It looked about maybe a half to two thirds full. Yeah, five thousand. Five, yeah, five thousand six hundred. Was the five? Is that all there was? Yeah, it was. So Ooh. from from, I would like to think an unbiased, objective perspective, the atmosphere was actually quite good. Yeah, I it, thought it was good. It wasn't. It wasn't full. It was like you say, Tim, uh, half to two thirds. We got there somewhere, somewhere around the fifty to sixty percent. Um, but it was the the crowd made a lot of noise and they got behind sale. Uh, yeah, the um, we had to get that we got there an hour and a half early just in case, didn't we? 
Um, we did we did have our winter supply gear exactly. In the car. I took I I took a um, end of world preparation kit. Yeah, a flare. Yeah. So uh, hello, Kendall, Kendall mint cake. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, very hard wearing boots, and it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. Um, a bit of a whack. The uh, wasps showed up today, and as well as sale played, there's got to be some culpability on wasps. They've got a ton of talent in that back line. And if they're not careful, they are going to get beaten a few a few more times because they they are not interested in the physical confrontation. No, and that was that was one of the things. I, I assume it was um, a prescribed game plan because they used Jennings, Addison, Yuani, Bryn Evans, oh. um, Olika. They used them through that ten twelve channel. Yeah, a lot and. They made yards a lot. I think you can put Kyle Eastman into a team that tackles and he won't get shown up. You cannot put Kyle Eastman in between Gopeth and Cipriani. <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's, not fair. Yeah. And then on top of that, you usually have a, a back row. Wasps at their best have a back row in Haskell who works his socks off. Like, regardless of what he's like off the field, off the field it's all it's all about him. On the field it's all about everyone else because that's the sort of dog work that he does. And they really and they really miss that. So you've got Reader, good player, but he loves to carry. Uh, Thomas Jones well, loves loves to carry. Reader didn't didn't carry particularly well. No, he didn't. He, they missed someone like Guy Thompson or Nathan Hughes to yeah. get them over that gain line. Now on the other side, uh, TJ Iwani. TJ Iwani does not care if he sees thirty five or not. He runs like <laughs> he is possessed. <laughs> he is a true warrior. Uh, every time you watch him, you think, how is he getting up? And then he slowly puts his shoulder back into place, <laughs> shuffles back into the attacking line, and he does it again and again. There was a few and times again. when I thought he was going. I was. He's definitely going off this time. Yeah. Will Addison, one of the bravest players that you're likely to see in in the Premiership. But do you know what? I think credit should go to the coaching staff here because they, Dude, one one man in particular. You think? yeah, one man in particular, Steve Diamond. Um, uh, they don't right. have a fly well, half. Can we have this? Can we categorically have this on the podcast, JB? You are a Sale Sharks fan, now, aren't you? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. Just, just on that point, Tim. At full time, JB's exact reaction was, "Yes, yes, we did it. We did it." <laughs> that I knew we nonsense. Were, I knew we were nonsense. I knew we were going to do it. I actually corrected you and said, "We, we no, did it." I, no. I mean, they did it. They did it. No, that's nonsense. That is the exact, the, the literal conversation that we had. Nonsense. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Phil's losing his mind. Uh, <laughs> is there a more natural try scorer in the in the Premiership than Denny Solomona? He's had how many games Union now? And how many tries? Seven, seven games, nine tries, something like that. Eight, um, eight tries um, in the in, prim, in the in the Avicii. In the Avicii. And he played so well today. I mean, I don't know if it came up on camera, but even like his defensive contribution, you so, know, he gets in the middle of all the physical con- uh, altercations without crossing the line. So I will say on Denny Solomona, going forward, spectacular when he's got the ball. Yeah, um, he put in a few big hits as well. I do. I was I was watching him quite keenly. And he flies up a lot, though, doesn't he? Well, so it's actually interesting. I don't think his work rate is is particularly good. And they actually, it's, um, Mugford said it before they ga- the game. They actually almost hide him in defence a little bit. They don't drop him in D because mm. they don't trust his positioning. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Mugford said it beforehand. Did you have a good old chat with Danny Gipriani? Yeah, we did actually. Good guy. Good, great guy. Um, really nice bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Sale on putting the pen, like you know, the classic pendulum. They just drop back two. 
which is interesting. And should you be hold on a minute? Should you be sharing that information? Have you just uh, dropped Mugford in it? Is he going to be sacked for discussing team ta- tactics? Post post game, post game. Uh, yeah, and it's. I think anyone who watches the game can see that. Yeah, <laughs> like you just have to look where Denny Solomon is standing. At any point in the game. But if you watch them closely as well, there's a lot of, not clever stuff, but there's a lot of unorthodox stuff. So they don't have a, they don't have a kicker. They are struggling to find a 10, a 9-10 combination that, that, that works. They move Sam James in there. Um, and you know, everything has been planned very, very well to get around the deficiencies in the entire squad. And to beat top, top of the league with a bonus point. Should not be sniffed at. It is a very no, it's not sniffed at. Very I would also point out for the people that were um, uh, Newcastle fans, for example, saying, talk about us a bit more. You know, we're really pushing for top six. We have to- just talked about Sale in the intricacies of their play. Um, yeah, but way to be fair. We talked about Newcastle. But to be fair, Tim, I'm not in Newcastle, am I? And I can't watch Newcastle. If I was in Newcastle, we would talk about Newcastle in detail. But yeah, I think we've, we have covered most of the points that you need to make about that game. Yeah. Um, the next question. Just one last interesting thing about the sales preparation for this week. It better be interesting because again, like, I, unlike, I, don't, I, don't unlike, take, I don't take the Tim, fact Tim, that Tim, Manchester Tim, 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 Tim. The only thing that you find interesting is preaching about eligibility for international teams. This no, is no, interesting. No, no, no. Which is they have split the squad this week. They have split the squad this week. Talk about one Tim, team more Tim, than any other. Tim, Tim, calm down. Uh, they have split the squad this week. So the guys who weren't playing in the 23 have basically been preparing as wasps all week. So they they weren't in the first team meetings. They weren't they weren't do, they weren't doing anything with the first team except for preparing them to be wasps. Whereas most weeks they are all fully integrated, which I found very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I particularly find that very interesting. But, what, you, but you don't sort of... you don't find it interesting that they've cut the squad in half and they're not allowed to interact. Because half of them are they're not to allowed to interact. No, not 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 in training. They are training complete completely separately. Um, I find that unusual. I'm not saying I find it particularly interesting. Wow. <laughs> let us know. Wow. At, what is what is the point in doing research? Let us know at Rugby Podcast. Do you think that is an interesting fact? Of course well, it I'll is. tell you what. Uh, balance the research. Let's like find have have a couple of contacts at other clubs and then come forward with other tactical insights just, every now and again what, from like, Northampton. Well, like Leicester, like Leicester at the start start of the show. Like, <laughs> like Leicester at the start of the show, and I told you what their first four phases were. So Leicester and Sale. Yeah, you got contacts there. Just I'm saying, got ten fine, other clubs. Fine. Spread it about. Do your own homework. Um, right, shall we go into next week's... Um... Well, no, 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 Jay, you've had your five minutes on sale, your beloved sale. Do you want five minutes on Ulster? No. Tim wants his time to talk about the eligibility laws. Oh, go on uh, then. Uh, no, apparently, well, no, apparently, as was talked much on the television, uh, in 17 days, Denny Solomona becomes eligible for England under residency rules. He moved to Castleford. That's the first time I've said Castleford, not Castlefield. Um, <laughs> he moved to Castleford on the 8th of March, 2014. Okay. So he's qualified. So he'll be qualified to play for England. Good for him. Let's get him in the squad, ASAMP. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I'm just interested in how this one works because there's talk. There's been talk from the the French rugby union, the English rugby union, the Welsh rugby union, of changing the eligibility rules okay. uh, if it's not done from on high by World Rugby. Yeah. Um, so all right, all right. So I I understand exactly why people get upset about this, and you have outlined your feelings on this uh, 
fairly recently and fairly frequently. Um, I just think if it is, if, if we're talking about the Olympics and it's unpaid and you're training in a gym which you made yourself in or in an old high school or something, fair enough, represent your country. When there's money on the table, when it's a professional sport, when there's mortgage payments and futures in, involved here, I don't think you can. it's good enough or acceptable to say, hey, you're not from England, you're not going to play hard enough or you don't deserve to be here. It's a professional sport. And if you get selected to play for England before you get selected to play for Samoa or New Zealand, so be it, because that is your before. future. Is that, is that what happened with Nathan Hughes? He was selected for England before he was selected for Fiji? No. That's what... or, or did he have a berth at the World Cup and opt take that, it that's not on i mean what you're saying there is nathan hughes please sacrifice i mean what nathan hughes does with his money is up to him but it's completely his discretion whether he take, takes that money and it's a professional sport and if you're yeah i mean you can't your your brother played the game you know the physical sacrifices you've got to make to play it and i yeah. do not think it's unreasonable at all for two reasons a he deserves the money because he's good enough and B, the Fiji Union is a joke. It's a farce, and I wouldn't play play play, play, play for them, yeah. Samoa or Tonga. So let me so let me be clear. My issue is not with players; it's with rule makers and governing bodies. And the rule makers and governing bodies are spoiling the integrity and spoiling the tradition and the passion of what it means to be an international rugby player. And with the professionalism of sport it's taken on another level and the chasm between unions is getting wider and wider. And it's not, you joke about this being, oh, an EDL thing. This isn't, this is actually the, the, the six, seven year old boy in me that used to first watch rugby union and used to love watching the way that the England team on six nations matches or five nations, if it might've even been back then, uh, belted out that national anthem, like it was the biggest moment of their life. And, Argentinian players crying in their national anthem and Alan Wynne Jones's face when he when he belts it out for Wales. That's what it's about for me. And I understand yeah, but... profession I understand no, I understand professional, professionalism. We're not talking I about the Olympics. I understand professionalism. I understand professionalism. I'm just saying I, I don't like it. So the so the governing body and the lawmakers, the lawmakers shouldn't allow it to be a possibility, in my opinion. And the and if you have a passport and you're a citizen, that seems like a nope. reasonable no, and it's a five-year uh, five year period. That seems like a reasonable line to draw as a lawmaker. As a governing body, it's about spreading the money and making sure the money is used uh, better uh, and growing the game as a whole. Yeah. And Den- Denny Solomona, there's talk of him going on the Lions tour. If that happens, it's an absolute joke, no, in my not. opinion. No, a joke. It is not, because... What I mean, I actually don't think there should be any sort of residency rule, actually, because it is professional sport. And unless you know, the way uh, the unions sort it so out, no, actually, no residency rule. I'm not that so keen people on it. can people can just go from one. So you, yeah. you never have to have lived in England and you can play for England. Um, no grandparents, no lineage, no nothing. I mean, the problem is with it. Like, like, I, I, like if you're a tier one, if you're in a tier one nation, you, the preference should be there. And in an ideal world. Everyone should be paid this, paid the same for paying for playing in tier one. Hence, it's tier one, all right. But that just simply isn't the case. And if you're talking about a five-year residency rule, I'm not comfortable with saying to a player, "Look, you can't earn money for the next five years," and that could no. Uh, and, the player, and that, the player can earn a million quid. The player can earn money. So CJ Stando was not playing for free when he went over. But to he Monster, wasn't playing was he? playing on island money. 
No, he wasn't, but he knew the island was a, a possibility. He didn't go for that. He went for the, the Munster money. Well, yeah, and also you've got... I mean, let's not get into the politics of South African... Revenue. No, no, yeah, let's... let's, right. let, no, let's but, not, you have to, but you have to understand... Let's not talk it, about it that. It is not fair to say to a professional player, you're not, not allowed to play at the height of the sport because, because of politics. But And that's so that, all it is. Well, there, there, has, there has to be a law... I mean, a, a rule, I, no, no, I'm pragmatic. No, I'm pragmatic. I know there has to be residency. Yeah, let's let's just let's nip this in the bud because we've talked about this way t- way too much. There does have to be a rule. There is one rule at the moment. There might be another rule at some point. It will be a general consensus from unions, and that will be what is adhered to. to. That, mm. that is it. That is it. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, what I, if? I understand Tim's point. I I completely I mean, get the passion side of things. Uh, I just want some some clarity on it and uh, well, consolidated we... pos- consolidated position. Well, if it's going to change, we do have let's, let's do it. No, yeah, if it's going to change, let's let's. Get there's, there's been a lot of people that have sort of brought up the in this discussion on our Twitter feed and stuff. They've brought up. Well, hold on a minute, Tim. You seem all right with big with big Ben Teo. Um, is... The difference is his, his mum's his mum is English. He has a British passport. He's a citizen. Um, so it's not it's not this isn't he... some bloody UKIP Brexit. Type thing. This is this is uh, this is just this is about. I think the game is lagging behind the professionalism of the sport, and it and, and the lawmakers that? and the governing bodies that? need to catch up. Sorry, what what do you mean by that? How what do you, do you mean? mean? What do you mean? It's like the professionalism is lagging behind the sport. Well, because there it's, it's now after it's become professional prevalent enough that it's a bit of a problem. Uh, that now the lawmakers and the governing bodies are looking at it, going, "Ah, we might need to deal with this." I think, and that's a... and that's come about because of the professionalism of the sport. Um... So I just say they need to catch up, and much like Phil says, make make a law. Scotland are the one. Are the, are the one. Scotland and Ireland are kind of keeping very quiet about the five year rule because, as it stands, it they that's part of their that seems to be part of their strategy as project players. Um, part of their strategy for in- performing well on the international stage. I don't like. I don't like that as a strategy, which it seems to be for Scotland and Ireland. Mm. Well, I'm a complete. Phil- I'm a complete philistine on, on on this. I just want to see the best 15 players, regardless of where they come from, on a team. I, I really don't care. Very good. Right. Good. Um, can we? Please not talk about that for at least six weeks or so. Cause I feel like we spoke about it every single week uh, in the build-up to the Six Nations. Well, here's hoping Eddie, Eddie Jones has, uh, <laughs> sees the defensive frailties you see in Denny Solomon and, uh, and it, it isn't an issue before World Rugby decide what the laws are going to be going forward. Yeah, I I do think... So his finishing was spectacular. Um, but I, he literally does nothing but finish, does he? Yeah. Yeah, that that, yeah, that is my concern. So even this this is all talk. I don't think he would be on Eddie Jones's radar, or certainly from what I've seen. Because you look at a great example would be Rocco Daguni, um, <laughs> yeah. whose finishing is also pretty spectacular. Uh, he does more than that as well. Obviously, he's running his defenders, beating his change of direction. But he does have question marks. Eddie Jones yeah. clearly has question marks over some of his positioning and some of his defence. So that's probably a good example. Uh, just very briefly, did we talk Bath Quids? Uh, we t- oh no we didn't oh no we cut out yeah because <laughs> um so yeah good game um very good very well sorry it wasn't a great game actually there were some very very good moments um mostly by the back threes mostly by Rocket Aguni Visser and Yard with a bit of March and uh in there as well um 
the first half was so scrappy. Um, Bath couldn't keep hold of the ball, it seemed. They go a few phases and turn it over. But Priestland had a very good game and he kicked excellently and controlled it and kept kept Bath in sight and then steered them home. So Priestland probably man of the match. Bissa scored again this uh, this time, yeah? He did. Oh, why is he not starting for Scotland? Why is he not even in the Scotland squad? What's the he, reason for this? Well, he is in the Scotland squad, but he's not been in the match day 23. Um, and he's not starting because they rate Maitland and Seymour ahead of him. It's amazing, though, because I would have had him at least on the bench. Yeah, well, they, they, he is just a winger. Yeah, that's true. So they go for someone, I guess, like Bennett or someone else who can cover a few positions. And what do you think they see in Maitland over Visser? Because I know which one I'd have at the moment. Uh, <laughs> based on the form from what I've seen of the two of them in the Premiership, do you fancy doing a fan- fancy- I'd probably go for Visser. Do you want to do a, a fancy draft trade, Visser for Maitland? No. No, okay, fine. thought I'd try it. <laughs> Good effort. No. Uh, well, what do you think Quinns are going to do next week? Good question. So, into the games. Friday night, we mentioned it before, Harley Quinns host Leicester. Yeah. Now, Quinns obviously very strong at home. Um, Leicester do seem a little bit resurgent, although, as we mentioned earlier, they had two home games against uh, two poorly performing teams. So, this will be interesting. But, give me Leicester. Uh, give me Leicester. And I'm going to say Leicester by two scores. Ooh. So I think Leicester are going to win this by 14 points. Any re-raise, Tim? You think Quinns are going to beat Leicester? No. Sorry if I said that, I got oh. it wrong. Leicester to beat Quinns by 14. Yes. Uh, at the stoop? Yes. I, I think Leicester to win by one score, five points. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I think it could be a toss-up. I think it's one of those games I could see Quinns winning. Um, but I don't think they will. Uh, yes. So Leicester. Then on Saturday, two forty-five kickoff. Saracens, who have lost two on the bounce, uh, are losing a few players, as we've mentioned. Uh, host JB's beloved Sale Sharks. A sale for me. <laughs> um, just, just, just very, very uh, quickly. Um, I believe I think we're losing our touch on the uh, on the old transfer thing because uh, Monday morning Ben Spencer, uh, and I think that's off now. It looks like it's off. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it is not good. Um, I have been told multiple times that the transfer paperwork is done. It's on the table. There's some contractual stuff. I just don't believe it. I think we've been misled so much on transfers to sale. It's very hard. I mean, Scott Fardy is is, is the latest one. Uh, Scott Fardy would be a hell of a signing, actually. I really, yeah. like, I really like Scott Fardy. I've heard, I've heard just Scott Fardy. Not really I think, I think what you're, I think what you're getting is it kind of. I think Sale again. I genuinely believe, and this isn't knocking Sale or wanting to go down a conversation about Sale as a club, but I just, I genuinely <laughs> think they're getting desperate. It, it has that feel to me that Diamond is is putting, or these names are being put out there, and they're li- being linked with a lot of players, mm. where with little or no truth behind yeah, I, it is know, in order to catch some know, people. You yeah. know what I honestly think it is? I Yeah, I think it's part of that and I think Diamond is basically fishing and not wanting to pay the money for the talent available. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Strauss, Strauss is going to go to Toulouse now. I think that's I think that, that that's pretty much, pretty much on the cards and if Ben Spencer doesn't come, well, happens. 
we'll yeah. go over it. Uh, but the other one is, from Saracen's perspective, um, there is some rumblings and rumours. We still don't know exactly where Ruin Pinar is definitely going, do we, Phil? No. Ooh. So he's not, as far as I'm aware, there was a lot of talk about Montpellier. I thought that was done. As far as I'm aware, it's not an official done deal. <laughs> um, I'd love to see him in the Avicii. I I would also love to see him in the Avicii. Would that see him in Saracen's colours? Um, so it would be a quite a good It'd fit. It'd be weird, wouldn't it, if he went to Saracen's and half the crowd are from Ulster? <laughs> Just to watch Ruin. Uh, Wiggles, uh, Wigglesworth and De Kock off and then... Pinar just to put the finishing touches to Spencer. Do you know what I think they're gonna if they don't get Ruby on Pinar, he's one of the few players I think that can replace Wigglesworth with that kick with that kicking game and the intelligence. Yeah, and he can do more as well. Yeah, he can do. He's but he can play the same game as well as Wigglesworth and do more on yeah. top. Uh, but he's one of the few guys that can do that. He's, if you if you wanted to pick, if you really liked Ben Spencer and you thought this is the this is the guy, this is our future nine, we think he's the future England nine. If you wanted to pick a player to just like come in, right? We need we need a year or two from you to come and give us plenty of game time, but also just put the finishing touches to this young guy. You, who who else would you pick? Oh, do you know what? I don't think I would pick Ron Pino, and the reason why is because he's such the main guy. I think I would probably go with someone similar to Ben Spencer and rotate them like wasps. Because what Ben Spencer needs more than anything now is game time. Yeah, yeah, he does need game you time. Know, so, you know, if Ruan Pino's fit, Ruan Pino plays, particularly the big games. Yeah. I would have, I'd like to, I'd like to see Saracens going on the wasps route, whatever that looks like, I don't know. With the two, <laughs> two scrum halves. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know who the other scrum half would be. Uh, well, not, not, so not Ben Spencer then, you're saying? No, Ben Spencer and one other. Okay, so they're getting, getting rid of Wigglesworth. Yeah, because he's, oh, he's, he's I, signed for Toulon, hasn't he? I thought, I thought, no, he's re-signed for Saracens, Wigglesworth. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, stay, I, I thought he's at, got, No, no. He's, I thought he was off to France. He's staying at Saracens. Oh, brilliant he? news. Oh, right. Yeah. So in that case... Ruin, probably not. Ruin comes in. Spencer's definitely off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Did not know that. So... Um, Saracens, uh, they haven't lost two games back to back in the Premierships in two years, nearly. Why did I not think they did that last year? I thought they did that. They had a period like, like, like this last year, did they not? Twenty fifteen, um, they uh, they last lost back to back games, wow. three in a row. You have to go back quite some time. Um, I think they're in danger with the players they're missing out on, and particularly as we talked about in the engine room, their set piece is stuttering the line out mm. and. Uh, and there's so they had Mako Vunapola back for one week, and then I'm pretty certain they won't have him next week. No, nope. agreed. And as far as I can see, Sale won't lose a single person. I think Sale can do this, and I actually think they will do it. Um, <laughs> I've, Sarri's at home. So just Sale, we've we have already said we've touched on it, but Sale were very good. This was Was didn't play brilliantly, but Sale did play very well. Um, so Sale have a chance, but give me Saracens at home. Mm, that's special. Yeah. And I, I do, okay. th- I but I think if Sale get so speaking to some of the Sale players, they they are targeting their home their home games. Yeah, they, they want to create the Fort AJ Bell. Um, it has a ring to it that a real Fort, real catchy Fort's pension provider. <laughs> real <laughs> catchy title. Yeah. Um, so. 
I think for for Sale, realistically, a bonus point or two out of this game would be a very positive result. Okay. Exeter, Newcastle. Tasty. Give me, Isn't it? Give me Exeter. Exeter, I've got to, I've got to agree with Exeter at home. Exeter, who have scored about 80 points in the last two weeks. Um, I think Exeter will score a fair few points here. Yep. Northampton, Worcester? Northampton. Um, I've still got question. Yeah. I've still got question marks over Northampton. Northampton by three, three no. scores or three points. Three points. Mm. Mm. Close game. What's yeah, Northampton. Did we did we talk about that game? Yes. Oh, of course we did. Yeah. Of yeah. course we did. Um, Wasps versus Gloucester is going to be interesting. Um, I think Wasps will have a rocket up them. Agreed. I think and Gloucester, and Gloucester, any team could turn up. It could be the team that went to Welford Road. I, I think, I think Wasp will also change a few personnel. I don't think you'll see Sippers, Eastman, Gopeth in that format again. No, I think they'll move Kirtley Beale into the centre, and Willie Larue will start at fifteen. Yeah, Indra- Does that solve the problem though? Um, Kirtley Beale's a pretty tough cookie. He is a good defender, Kirtley Beale. Mm. See. I- I, Kyle Eastman's a good defender, as in he doesn't miss many. T- his tackle completion is actually around the time of the World Cup. It was higher than than the alternatives, but like I say, surrounded by some flaky players. I mean, Danny Cipriani is not particularly good at defending. <laughs> there, there was one rook. Where yeah. Danny Cipriani went for half a second. He thought about um, going for the ball in a rook, and I, I don't even know who the sale player. There's two sale players coming to clear out, and he just stepped out of the way. Absolutely not interested. Yeah, could not be less interested. No, thank you. I, do they have anyone else on their box who can step in there and be a, a big defender? Someone who doesn't so, make mistakes, nice and solid. So what I would probably do is drop Sippers to the bench, start Gopeth at ten, mm. and. Possibly even drop Eastman, but you could have Goppers, Gopeth and um, Kirtley Beal alongside Eastman. That so- so solidifies it a little. The alternative would be to put Leui at 13 and put Beal at 12. And then you mm. are starting to get a really solid back yeah. line I with also, still some A little bit magic. more balance in the back row. I mean, look, they're, they're going to be fine because they can play such beautiful rugby when they decide to. And that's the other so, thing. Which... Some of their tries they scored today. Yeah, were... like they didn't. They looked like they weren't even trying. Well, it's training ground moves from fifty yards out, and not a hand laid on any any player. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they'll just carry on going with what works. From but the interesting thing about Gloucester is how much intensity they brought to the Saracens game. Yeah, and if the Wasps' Achilles heel is in is intensity and physicality, this could actually it... be a bit closer than we think. So it's a very interesting. Um... Position for Gloucester. So tactically, Gloucester won because they 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 kicked very intelligently. Their kick chase was excellent, and they put pressure. They played in the right parts of the field and put pressure. If you do that against um, against Wasps, and you're not on top of your game, and you're kicking to Wade and Kirtley Beale and Willie Larue, and they find some yeah. space, you. It's a it's a terrible, dreadful, dreadful tactic. Yeah, there if was, it goes r- there wrong. was a stage today where the chase wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And Curtly Beale very nearly killed them for it. Yeah, they're just so switched on. Maybe they just carry on doing what they're doing. But give me wasps. Give me wasps yeah. at home. Wasps. Wasps. Um, either narrowly or by a lot. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure how this is going <laughs> to pan out at all. And final game: Bristol host Bath. It's going to be a beatdown, isn't it? 
I feel like it might be a beat down. I can't see it being anything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as much as Preston would like to raise their game and possibly will, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, yeah. I don't. I really. That, that's the biggest conundrum of all for me. That just the shadow of a team that uh, even a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, at so least, we'll see. at least they can hang in their hat, couldn't they? And saying, "Oh, we've got certain players out, and they're coming back." Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, big Gav, big Gav, uh, Jack Lamb. If big, big Gav comes back, do you think that could be a turning point, Jay? No, I think Jack. I think <laughs> even I, Big Gav. I think Jack Lamb could be very, very helpful for him. But that's about it. I don't. What, what's happened to him? He must have a long-term injury or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I noticed Jordan Crane was back this week, but that didn't. That didn't huge, didn't huge really news. Help. Huge news. Yes. So, right. So we're all seeing Bath. Okay. Beautiful stuff. Fantastic. Right. Well, I'll just to- go, on, go on, Tim. I was just going to say, um, don't, don't forget, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter where the conversation continues. Uh, follow us and we will have some rugby-based pictures and uh, video and all sorts of other bit, little bits going up on Instagram. Egg Chasers Podcast on Instagram. Apparently, uh, from what I understand, that's where that's where everyone is these days. Yeah, that's, where, they, so. that's where the kids hang out, isn't it? More so than Twitter, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Egg Chasers Podcast on Instagram and... Uh, yeah, get that razor, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. Um, and yeah, Facebook, um, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, you can find all the information about the podcast. You can watch videos from the Rugby Dungeon and you can find out about our trip to Romania, which we may talk about in the midweek international podcast, which is coming soon. MWIP. That's yeah. It. Right, boys. I'll see you on Wednesday? Tuesday. See you Wednesday. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. All Tuesday right. night, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code PROGRAM.